0: Hello and welcome to the Grazia Fashion Podcast, Why I Wear It.
1: So basically like the hustle to get back from my team's meeting was so like, the juggle was real. I was speed walking through the really hot sun. And so I got here and I was like, you know what? I just can't like sit in this dress another
0: minute. I'm Laura Antonia Jordan, and I'm endlessly fascinated about why we wear the things we do.
1: So now I'm just wearing a men's Uniqlo T-shirt and some denim cut off shorts because it's comfortable and I needed to cool down.
0: This episode, it's the turn of Kenya Hunt, the deputy editor and fashion director of Grazia.
1: You know, I would love to tell you that I'm just wearing this like really glamorous schiaparelli dress situation, you know, as I lounge on my sofa, but it's sadly not true.
0: A passionate champion of diversity, inclusivity, and the embodiment of the cool to be kind spirit, Kenya is always thoughtful when she talks about fashion. As with all my guests in this podcast, Kenya tells us what her style says about her, as well as revealing her personal fashion triumphs and the outfits she is still trying to forget. Welcome, Kenya. Thank you, Laura. It's so good to be here. This is such a treat to do. So as you know, in this podcast, I'm exploring the feelings that we have, the whys as well as the whats of fashion. And my first question is, would you say that you have a uniform?
1: You know, no, I don't. And I've always wanted to have a uniform. I really admire those people in the world, historic figures and contemporary ones who have uniforms for which they're known. Like everyone from Steve Jobs to people like Tawny Goodman, where you say their name and you can automatically picture exactly what they wear sadly that has never been me but i've always fantasized about reaching a certain stage in my life where you know i'm known for just wearing like head to toe white or you know like a very kind of simple like very clear visual signifier of, of who kenya hunt is but sadly not and that's mainly because my moods change so much and also because my life is so multifaceted. you know like i'm dressing up for one event and then the next moment i have like a toddler trying to tackle me. So, I mean, I basically just dress for my mood and the occasion. And there are certain like recurring threads throughout that, which, you know, basically are extensions of like my personality and who I am. But so, you know, long story short, I do not have a uniform, though I have great admiration for those who do.
0: I mean, I've always thought that having a signature style is like a sign of real (laughs) taste. And I just, I just don't. Um I'm same as you I sort of change what I wear really with my emotions. Can you tell me about an outfit you've worn where you really felt like I nailed that?
1: <laughs> Ooh that's a good question. I need to like think for a second. Well I remember years ago going to um like an awards ceremony at the Tate Britain and wearing this Simone Rocha tunic and trousers and this really soft pink and I don't tend to wear a lot of pink, but I love Simone. You know, I'm like, just a, like a Simone Rocha loyalist. And I just remember feeling so good in my skin that night. And I just absolutely loved it. And, and I, I look back on photos of myself in it and I don't hate them, which is always a good sign. And then there was another one, the fashion awards I wore Valentino that year. And it was like a turtleneck, like a roll neck, mustard velvet, like it was gold velvet. And it it kind of moved away from the body. As a former dancer, like I just love the feeling of wearing it. And so I have real fond memories of that dress. And when I look back on uh, at pictures, I'm like, God, I wish I had purchased that dress because I only wore it for the night. I just borrowed it. But I wish that I I had bought it because I, I think about that as like the, the dress that got away. I still loved wearing it.
0: You mentioned being, um, you were a dancer growing up. And do you think that that gave you an element of like the performance that fashion can be? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think the way that clothing moves and hangs. um, And also I think that, you know, growing up wearing a lot of dance costumes, there's that part of me as well that can like appreciate a little bit of like decoration or embroidery or camp or, you know, the stuff that you can get from like, and conventional, like classical ballet costumes or the kind of like really camp sort of cheesy stuff that you get from like, you know, musical theater and that end of things. Um, But yeah, I also, and you know, to answer the idea of the performative aspects of dance and, um, you know, you you transform into a character, you know, you put on a costume and all of a sudden you feel like a, you know, completely different person or being and then you like go on stage and you have this whole other side to you. And i do feel that like when getting dressed for work it's like you know i get dressed and that the clothing can be transformative as you mentioned you know the way that you approach getting dressed during lockdown during like some really really heavy times um you know it's like g- clothing can make you feel better i mean my son cosmo he had his first day of school today and he was so excited that he got these nike air max that he'd been like wanting forever you know like nine-year-old boy stuff And when he put those shoes on, he was so excited to wear his new sneakers to school. And just seeing like how pumped he was (laughs) over those shoes just kind of reminded me that, you know, we all have that to a certain extent when it comes to getting dressed, like clothes can, you know, have that power and effect over us.
0: So those are some of your nailed it outfits. Can you tell me about one where you missed the brief, one where you didn't nail it? I went to see
1: a, um, gosh, I'm trying, usually it involves like fit. So I, I mean, I went to meet a friend and then we went to this party that was really rather, it was a lot more crowded than we anticipated given the wider circumstances with COVID. It was not a very COVID era, era, you know, era party and that was like packed to the gills. And I didn't nail it in that. I think I got a little too excited about the occasion and I wore a dress that was really quite long. I mean, I really dressed up for it. And I just remember everyone kept stepping on the dress because it was so long. The the occasion wasn't quite as dressy as I was expecting it to be. So I just don't think I got the dress code quite right. And I feel like the dress code has been a little bit of a minefield for me coming out of... um, you know, lockdown because I've just been so excited to get dressed on most occasions. But there have been some times when I haven't gotten the dress code just quite right, because, you know, it's uh, it's just hard to predict, basically, like how many people are going to be somewhere and what the nature of the events going to be. And then also, I feel like the entirety of my like 20s was like real hit or miss, despite, you know, like working in like entry level fashion jobs where I should have known better. But I look back on some photos and I just really, really cringe.
0: Would you say you're someone that would rather be underdressed than overdressed?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, definitely. I I'd rather. Well, I don't know. That's a tough one because growing up, it was always instilled in me to make sure that you are dressed your best for the occasion. And that idea of dress for the job you want, dress for the place you want to have in life, and all of that. So that's kind of like a part of the fabric of my being, but I feel like there's nothing more cringe than being somewhere where you're just completely overdressed or like, you know, you really feel like out of sorts. But again, I feel like everything has changed is, you know, since reopening and that, you know, we all have this kind of like, we've all been fundamentally changed and we're looking at things differently. And, you know, we are actually in the process of putting together an issue that's really celebrating the idea of just going big, you know, like, you know, leaning into dressing your best, wearing the best things now, piling them all on. So intellectually, I think, you know, I'm all for it. I think it's a beautiful thing. I love to see it. Um, But there is that still that part of me when I find myself in circumstances where I'm just, you know, Completely overdressed, and I feel you know still slightly a bit like, oh, I wish I had um, (laughs) dialed it back a little bit.
0: Well, you know what my sister would say; she'd say, "Life's short, wear the damn dress."
1: Exactly. I think I think that needs to be on a t-shirt.
0: It probably is somewhere. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, as well, it was interesting when you talk about growing up, and it reminded me a bit of when I interviewed Daniel Roseberry from Scaparelli, who I know you're a big fan as well. Yeah, he was talking about going to church growing up and how yes. that gave him an appreciation of like respect and seeing people kind of, you know, respecting their surroundings. And it's, it's an event. It was, a, there was a certain theater to it. Yes.
1: And to be honest with you, I would say my very first experiences of really dressing up would have, they definitely must've been the church. Cause I grew up in the South and Virginia and the States and I grew up going to church, but I can remember being a really small girl wearing like, the, the patent shoes, the black patent or the white patent, and then the little dress growing up. And like that idea of just being dressed up in church and like can't, you know, feeling like I can't wait for church to end so I can get out and like put on some shorts or jeans and like run free. <laughs> but I always like love seeing like the collection when everyone would have to walk forward to the front of the church to give, um, their tie, their collection, you know, like in the, um, I don't know if this is the case in all churches, but the churches that I grew up in, particularly a lot of black American churches, you have to walk to the front to uh, give your offering. Some, some of them pass the plates around, but then there are other churches you walk to the front and drop off your collection. And then you walk back around and it's usually there's a choir singing and there's quite pageantry to it because it's like a, you know, like it's like a pageant. Like people are walking around the church in like their best outfits. So it's quite a thing to behold. And so I remember being small and looking at that and always, you know, being fascinated by like what people were wearing and looking at that with interest.
0: So how did you, you let, you made the leap then from Virginia to New York? Yeah. How did you end up working in fashion in New York? I mean, this is basically a roundabout way of me asking you what your highest pressure outfit was or if your style changed when you moved there
1: I mean I guess my highest pressure outfit would have been you you know my route my gateway into New York was um, via internships so I guess it probably just would have been like the the clothes that I wore for my interviews for my internships however you know my internships weren't you know um, with fashion teams they were more so with you know culture editors and Um, features editors. So there was much less pressure on like what to wear. So I didn't quite feel it the same way in the fashion sense. But I would say that um, the, you know, once I got my first job at a magazine, which was Jane, even then that was a little bit different because the culture there was slightly different from say, you know, other women's magazines in which there's that same kind of pressure to look a certain way or fit a certain mold. So I, I, don't, I don't think I really began to sort of feel the pressure in terms of like dressing for magazine interviews until after I had was in the framework at Jane and then started kind of working my way up to, you know, various places from there.
0: You wrote a brilliant piece for the Washington post this year about that every day you put on sweatpants is a, as a victory and what would you say i think this year we've gone down there's been two very distinct camps there's been the people that sort of gave up bothering altogether and then the people that really like myself as we've discussed before i really lent into dressing up um to deal with grief and heartbreak yeah what is your i'm not okay outfit
1: My I am not okay outfit historically pre pandemic would have been a sweatsuit like if you saw me in sweatpants and a hoodie that would have probably been and it wasn't like me sort of doing like a kind of like football camp drop off or something that would have probably been a sign that something was wrong. But during the pandemic, I kind of really leaned into athletic wear and leisure wear and really began to sort of enjoy it. And then I reached a point like everyone where I was just sick of it. Um, But now, you know, like I'll happily put on like a Pangea, like, you know, kind of sweatsuit cord and and, and enjoy the moment for what it is. But um, years ago, I I interviewed... um, Carl Lagerfeld, and he referenced a quote that he told someone else about that idea that like if you wear sweatpants is a sign that you've given up and that was always kind of in the back of my head. But now I just feel like, you know, given the wider circumstances, I just think. You know again like you know i wrote in that piece if you wake up and you literally get one foot and then the other out of bed and get dressed i think that's a win and we totally have the right to just change our minds and also dress in a way that will like lift our mood or be pleasing to the eye of others you know i'm i've been so inspired by the pieces you've written laura um, and the people you've interviewed and also the way that you dressed during, pan- the, during the pandemic it was just such a joy to look at. You know, we're on <laughs> meetings every day and I would I always enjoy just waking up to see what you were wearing each day on in our in our morning conference. Because it'd be like, the, you know, these lovely sort of voluminous sleeves, one minute or, you know, or sort of like a crisp, tailored shirt, the, another. But it was always just really like pleasing to the eye and a joy to look at. And I really appreciated that.
0: Oh, thank you. And I really appreciate you saying that. It's just that for me, I knew that it was a slippery slope. And when I I think of getting dressed as a, a it's an act of self-care. Yeah. And if I hadn't, I see it as a slippery slope of like first I stop wearing clothes and then I stop washing and then I stop, yeah. you know, totally. Yeah. Um, And I hate the idea of things just rotting in my closet.
1: (laughs) I know, me too. And I mean, you said it a few, we were just talking and planning stories and you just mentioned, you said, I'm tired of like saving the best for a special occasion. And I completely relate to that. I think especially with what we do for a living, we've accumulated so much over the years and you, you have all these beautiful things that have just been hanging in the back of our closet. So I had really enjoyed just pulling that stuff back out again. Like I really love wearing a dress and a skirt again and like carrying handbags and I've just been really enjoying like wearing all this stuff again. Um, so yeah, there, there's been real enjoyment in that.
0: You say about losing stuff and that kind of makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm very (laughs) precious about my clothes and I live in fear of uh losing losing things would you how do you feel about lending stuff to people
1: (laughs) oh gosh yeah that one is a tricky one my girlfriends and I like back in the day when I was in New York we used to lend each other clothes all the time and then my sister when my sister lived with me in New York for a spell you know I would I would meet her places and I'd see her out we'd meet at a restaurant and she'd show up like wearing you know a Jean-Paul Gaultier top of mine or a Kenzo top. We would have so many arguments where she would just show up like wearing my stuff and she'd get like a lipstick stain on it, you know, like like really typical, like sibling, you know, like arguments and things like that. And so I was always really quite generous, I think, with my clothes. And then I reached a certain point where when I started spending more money on them, that's when I became a little more precious about it. And then I just kind of stopped because I had a few bad experiences. Where like either I didn't get things back or they didn't come back the way I was hoping they would, and so then after that it was pretty much just between my sister and I. And now at this stage in my life, there's no, there's not really any lending that happening. It's more so like giving things away as I do, because I try to do a one in one out rule with my wardrobe. So oftentimes I'll like you know I try I try to be generous with the people. You know, around me particularly because we're not in the office and there aren't assistants around for me to like give things to so when i have a surplus often i'll give them to like just local friends in my neighborhood there's like a group of i say five to six friends who have received an awful lot of clothing from me in the past year and a half
0: well i'm happy to provide you with an inventory of things i'd like to
1: wear. <laughs> <laughs> anytime and yeah we're heading back to the office soon so yeah laura i can <laughs> definitely pass things your way <laughs>
0: Kenya, you know I'm a massive Diana fan. Yes, and um, and we've got the
1: film coming out too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I love her revenge look. Have you ever had a revenge look? Or what do you wear when you want to feel sexy where you've got date night?
1: You know, I've really like rediscovered the joys of wearing a body skimming dress. You know, like just body con, anything that really kind of shows off the body, whether it be like a really kind of skinny spaghetti strap, or, um, you know, like something that shows a sliver of the waist or something that really kind of clings to like the button thighs. And this is a real departure for me because I'd kind of settle into this stage where I was wearing things that had a lot of volume that moved away from the body. But I think, you know, over the past year and a half, I've been wearing so much, like so many garments that kind of cocoon the body that make you feel really kind of safe and shielded from the world that I've really just, you know, I've, been feeling this, you know, desire to kind of show my body more than I typically would, and so I think, yeah, I mean, I went to this dinner where I was wearing this red preen dress, which just it was cut on the bias, but it also clung to the body, and I just remember feeling like really good in it because it was exactly, you know, it was a different kind of dress for me, um, and it was a dress that I've had for quite a while, and I just hadn't really had the opportunity to wear. Equally, there's this. Paco raban dress that I'd had for ages and hadn't worn yet. And that's quite, I mean, it, it's not like a tight clingy skirt, but it definitely like hugs the body and the curves on the top half. And I remember liking that feeling and liking the feel of that. And so I started pulling out like tighter skirts and things. So I feel like I'm kind of like just flirting with that—that those elements in my wardrobe more than I have in the past. And I like that, the, the way that it feels.
0: I'm not really into mixed messages right now. And I definitely want to feel <laughs> like very sexy and yeah. look very obviously sexy. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I like it.
0: But I think we need to sort of just get back in touch with that side
1: of ourselves after like, you know, a year and a half of solitude or like uncertainty. And I, because I feel like there's a real, you know, joy. I mean, but quite frankly, like the joy of sex, right? Like that old cliche.
0: It's the joy of sex, but it's also the joy of like being seen again after yeah, a definitely. year of being hidden and apologetic and distanced. I
1: completely agree. And I think also that idea of showing off your body, it's like it's strength, it's good health. It You know, it just feels in, inherently like really positive. Um, and then just also, you, you know, personally, like you know, after a year and a half of like homeschooling and stuff, like I just I want to like reconnect with parts of myself that I feel like I lost track of in the past year and a half. And so, yeah, I feel like you know, a, a dress that just makes me feel like really sexy and strong is you know has a real certain appeal to me right now.
0: Yeah, I'd say sexy Laura's been in hibernation for a couple of years, but she's ready to come back.
1: <laughs> Bring her out. All the way out.
0: <laughs> Would you say in general were you dress to um fit in or to stand out? I like to dress to
1: stand out, although I wouldn't have articulated it as such before, like years before, but I just like to um Yeah, I mean, I just I but you know, when I looking back, I see that I naturally gravitate towards like a loud earring, or you, you know, like a a loud shoe, I always gravitate towards something that has an element that really stands out or a really big sleeve. And so I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't have necessarily verbalized it as such, like I'm actively trying to stand out. But the things that grab my eye that I really enjoy wearing, have something that really like, strike the strike conversation or that feel quite skewed or, you know, definitely don't necessarily feel conventional as much as I do love like a really like kind of basic, like men's sweater and things like that. I guess it's about the contrast. But yeah, I think I would pretty much be bored with myself if I were just dressing to, you know, like kind of fit in and, and acclimate.
0: I think a lot of people have rolled their eyes at the idea of, you know, dressing to stand out because it implies making an effort. Yeah. Actually, now I have this renewed desire to make an effort.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I don't see
0: that as a faux pas. Um, Okay, well, you know, this is something I'm really interested in. Who would you say you dress for?
1: I definitely dress for... I definitely dress for myself, um, like for my, for my own personal enjoyment, and for the you know my you know I a sense of um, confidence and like personal reinforcement. Like I, I, I it can really throw my day off kilter if I don't feel comfortable in the clothing that I'm wearing, particularly when it comes to fit. You know, I really hate leaving the house and going throughout my day where I feel like I have to tug on something or something isn't feeling quite right. It can really throw my day off. So I guess first and per- foremost, I dress for myself, but also I love, you know, because I have so many girlfriends in my life who are so dear to me, I'd say second, I definitely dress for the women in my life. Cause I just love that thrill of mutual admiration you know, like really, you know, admiring one another and bigging one another up. Like there's nothing more fun than like going out with a gang of women and just really like taking each other in and like appreciating that and sort of reflecting each other's shine, you know, like when you just all look great. And um, so, you know, I love that. So I, you know, I've never kind of been that one who's sort of dressed to dress for men, or for the, you know, the male gaze or that sort of thing. I've always been a real girl's girl. Like I, I love, I'd always love it as well. Like when I'm out and I see like groups of other women out in mass, like big gangs of women, like I always really kind of like appreciate that when I see them all dressed up and, and, you know, you can could, you could see the energy that they're feeling like really good and looking good.
0: It must feel good as well when Matt, I mean, we have a it's a complicated relationship sometimes that we have with men and fashion. Yes. (laughs) But when he gets something and he loves it, that must feel good too.
1: It does feel good. I mean, and he's you know he's so wonderful and great, and also really curious about fashion. So I mean, it absolutely feels good when he um, and you know I take him shopping with me sometimes, and I completely value his opinion because his background you know is coming from the art world. So I think he always has an interesting interpretation of what he's seeing, but also there. Is a lot to be frank you know i do have a lot of pieces that are very man repellery that he just doesn't get at all sometimes and there's definitely like humor there and that's when i have to say you know what i'm just going to wear it because i like it even though he doesn't necessarily understand the the shape of this this hemline or the shape of this trouser. it's usually when it comes to trousers that we like we differ because he hates flared legs and i'm kind of into them
0: so kenya um why so, Kenya, why would you say fashion matters to you?
1: Fashion matters to me because of its immediate impact on the way we feel and the way we we regard ourselves. And I say that because that's been my lived experience. You know, I can have a day where I'm feeling, I wake up feeling out of sorts. And, you know, I get dressed and I put myself together and I put on a dress that I love or some earrings that, that I enjoy looking at and, it, you know, I I feel, you know, I feel a difference, you know, it perks up my mood. It makes me feel more put together. It makes me feel like I can can go out and sort of tackle the day or or what have you. And I don't I don't think fashion is like, you know, a a fix for like much bigger, you know, mental health sort of issues, um, you know, because I know that we're living through a particularly challenging time. But I think, you know, fashion does have an ability to transform one's mood and also to sort of help the way that, you know, we feel. But also, I, you know, I just think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's quite frankly, it's transformative. But also when you think about, you know, the strength of the, the industry as well, like, you know, how much fashion contributes to the economy as well. Like, it's definitely not something that should be written off Um, because I think people are so quick to dismiss it as being quite frivolous when, in fact, I think it's the opposite.
0: Yeah, and, you know, as I've said to you before, I'd I'd say this lightly, I feel like getting dressed has saved my life at certain times because it's sometimes the smallest gesture that you can make um, to communicate with the world and say that you're kind of worth showing up for.
1: Yep, there's power. I think there's real power in that as well. And, you know, what you you know what you can attest to in terms of you know the role that fashion has played for you in the past year and a half as we literally dressed our way through a pandemic and tried to navigate these really you know dark heavy times
0: thanks to kenya hunt the deputy editor of grazia and the author of the book girl currently being adapted for tv a collection of essays reflecting on what it means to be a black woman today Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.